They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two bald pastors. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors Special Lent Edition. Woohoo! I'm Jeff Sinabaldo. And I'm Joe McGarry. And we are two follically challenged pastors serving in congregations in the New England Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You know, Joe, I feel like it's been some time. It has been some time, and and I want to uh, apologize uh, for that. You know, we both have had a lot going on, and... There were technical problems. There were te- definitely a- some technical difficulties, and... Hard drives dying, and machines not working, and... Yes, yes, my hard drive died, and, and I didn't lose a lot, but there were a couple of episodes that I did lose, and... Uh, those are in the vault someday. <laughs> Probably in the cloud, somewhere Decades in the cloud. From now, someone will find them as the missing episodes. <laughs> but, you know, for those of you who are tuning in, thank you for being faithful listeners. Thank you for reaching out to us and uh, checking in on us and uh, coming back. And hopefully, hopefully the, the next few episodes are going to be uh, really good uh, episodes for you to reflect on and learn a little bit about them for you preachers. Hopefully, it'll give you some inspiration for the upcoming season of Lent. Right. So the background of what we're going to do is uh, there's a few layers to it. So it starts with uh, me sitting around with some leaders thinking about what we were going to do for Lent this year, and I was coming up with no ideas. They were coming up with no ideas, but they really wanted to do the soup supper, which I think is, I will be frank, a total waste of time. Uh, <laughs> I'm very negative about soup right now. Tell us your real feeling about it, Jeff. <laughs> here's, see, here's the thing. I love soup. I eat soup all the time. I think I've had some amazing soups that other people have made. But I think if you want to say to somebody, you're coming home from work and we will give you soup, that is not something I would go to. Right. Yep. Yep. So that's it. I don't think it's a very uh, helpful idea in 2018 when you've got people running around like maniacs to begin with with their busy schedules and now you're going to have them not eat at home and you're going to give them not a real meal so (laughs) that's that's just me anyway moving on so we said well what are we going to do i don't know and i was complaining to them about my my soup although i will tell you everyone in that room they loved it but uh it started with so why are we even doing lent anymore anyway because we had that conversation about people being super busy. Uh, you know, it's not 50 years ago when you had one parent at home and you had everybody living in the neighborhood of where the church is located and people looking for something to do, uh, especially when you get to uh, a season like Lent when it's time to refocus a little bit. Uh, now our context is, you know, families are all different. Some have single parents, some have multiple parents, but both work. If there's children, you better believe they're in stuff and it's hard to manage their schedules. And it could feel like one more thing Yep. rather than something that's actually helpful. Uh, my office administrator, Kim Meadows, she found an article by David Lowe's, who we both know and who was on our podcast uh, from 2010. So we're going back into the archives. Uh, and he wrote a little article on why Lent. And he outlined some of these same problems, and that was eight years ago. And it's not getting any better, folks. 
it's not getting any better. So then, okay, I started thinking, and you and I were talking about ideas as well. And I said, well, maybe why Lent is a good theme. Yep. Uh, why are we doing this, and what's it about? And uh, I thought also that in our crazy world we live in, especially today, uh, we could really use some good faith practices that are helpful. Uh, and Lent lends itself well to kind of rekindle those in our lives or teach them or learn them for the first time. And I was also looking at bulletins, as we do this time of year, at Ash Wednesday stuff, uh, which kicks off Lent, obviously. And uh, the traditional Ash Wednesday text is uh, Matthew 6 that centers on prayer and fasting and almsgiving or just, uh, you know, being generous or maybe cutting back and kind of recentering yourself. So um, I kind of looked at the whole of Matthew 6 and thought maybe we could stretch that out over the course of Lent and think about some other texts that might uh, lend itself to it a little bit. Here we are. So that's why. We're doing Why Lent this year, and we're inviting you to join us. So maybe you are like me this year and at the last second trying to figure out what you're going to do for Lent, whether it's on Sunday or midweek or as a Bible study or for your own personal piety. Or maybe you're just interested in hearing something else because sometimes, I mean, I know you and I both listen to a lot of preaching podcasts that are centered on the text for Sunday, but sometimes it's also nice to... uh, To be fed, yeah, yeah. To be fed a little bit. So that's what we're going to do. Sound good to you, Joe? It sounds great. And and both you and I will be using this uh, for Sundays in Lent, but this also, if you are scrambling and and lost track of time and need something for a midweek series, this would be perfect for that as well. So, and, and for those of you who are listening, if you want to hear what Jeff and I come to as far as a conclusion, we're going to share a little bit on, on this series podcast, but also we live stream our sermons and we post videos on YouTube, and we can share those through our website as well for this series, Why Lent? Excellent. Yes. So what I thought we would do in the next few minutes is just highlight the whole series, what we're kind of thinking, and starting with Ash Wednesday. So we're going to start on Ash Wednesday and then do one for each week following. So there'll be six total. We would center the rest of our time just talking about Ash Wednesday, the first one. Yes. So overall, the theme for the series is Why Lent? So each week there are why questions, and those questions surround typical spiritual practices during the season of Lent. So Lent 1, why pray? Lent 2, why forgive? Lent 3, why fast? Lent 4, why share? And then wrapping up with Lent 5, why trust? So something I would suggest uh, just from the get-go is maybe to just read all the way through uh, chapter 6 of Matthew. That is kind of the middle section of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's Gospel, and just to read it as a whole. So when we were thinking about this, we were thinking about how might it split up what is one continuous speech as Jesus is delivering it. Uh, So just to keep that in mind, but also to just think about, you know, how is it that we practice the Christian faith? And what might be some ways to recenter ourselves uh, in this time? where we are moving towards the cross and we can reclaim faithful practice. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of these things uh, we wrestle with every day, praying, forgiving, fasting, sharing, and, and trusting. And in, in a society, in a, in a day of age, when we have so much going on and we say, well, I don't have time to pray, 
So answering, the, you know, asking the question, why is it important to pray? Or, you know, I want to live a life that I am, you know, right all the time. Or, you know, if we don't think that in- intentionally, maybe we do think that subconsciously, well, why should I forgive someone, especially when they're hurting me? And when I'm the victim, why should I forgive? I want to hold on to that. I want to get revenge or, or something like that. And also with fasting, you know, I go to the grocery store and I have hundreds of thousands of food items I can buy or drive up to, to McDonald's and, and get whatever I want. And why is it important that we're conscious about what we put inside our bodies? What is fasting and, and why would it be a, a spiritual practice? So so asking these questions, I think, is, is really great for especially especially during a time, a season of Lent, when, when we take, take stock on what we do in, in our life and, and how we live out, live out our lives. Yeah, a lot of it is very um, cross-cultural or counter-cultural to the, the lives of excess we are basically told we should have by uh, all the voices we hear in our society. So Lent is a good time to reclaim that. Yep. So should we take a look at the Ash Wednesday passages? Yeah, yeah, let's take a look. Okay, so why don't we just start with the Matthew one. Uh, We've selected Matthew 6, just verses 1 to 4. And Jesus says, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Why Lent? I think this passage first highlights a lot of things that we typically do in Lent. Right. Kind of to fit the overall theme. Yeah. Yeah. I think the deeper issue is why do we still practice Lent? In, In a time when we can do so much in the church, and we do a lot in the church, a, a time when, when many churches are putting aside those special times like Lent and Epiphany and, and Advent. Why do we still celebrate it? What is the purpose? What can it do for our lives? What are, what are some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it is, uh, as we before mentioned, it's, it's countercultural. I mean, look at these verses. Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. I mean, our whole world is built on boasting. You know, you could argue, and I've tried to work against this, and I know you have too. I mean, even using social media and stuff like that, you're trying to get the word out on things, but you never want to be like self-promoting about it. <laughs> you're right, right, you know, right. It's, it's it's a struggle that uh, leaders, especially in the church, deal with because we want to point to Jesus and not to ourselves. And yet the way that we need to do that through the technology we have often feels that way. But I think just in general, I mean— um, not to get political in particular, but political in general. I mean, just think of of just the way people self-promote themselves or their agendas or their policies, um, because that's you know they want they want to win. You think of um, sports heroes and things like that. How you you need to be self-promoting, or when they you know score a, a point or a touchdown or a run or or something or a goal and. Uh, you know, it's all, it's always about look at me and how great I am. Um, the Christian life is about serving with some humility. Yep. It's about serving at the foot of Jesus rather than um, calling attention to yourself. 
I don't know. I think Lent is a good time to remember that. I agree. And it's a time to take stock on what's important in your life. Last year, I know you did, your family did the the 40 bag challenge where you emptied stuff and and really taking stock, not only in a physical way of what what am I surrounding myself with and, and how much stuff we accumulate, but also it's it's what, what am I taking stock in in my own life and personally? And I really love the the psalm that goes with this day as well, Psalm fifty one, verse ten. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me in a willing spirit. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And and how often do we get so bogged down by the the stuff that surrounds us, the, the demands on life, the demands that we put on ourselves and, and the feelings of, of failure? And how often do we ourselves take away the joy of God's salvation that's freely given to us? Uh, so, so why Lent? That is one of the reasons why we, we, we have an opportunity to take stock in our life and in our world and in our hearts and in our minds and, and really just release that to God, to ask God, say, create in me a clean heart, O God, and, and do not cast me away, but bring that joy back into my life. I mean, that's yep. that's one of the things that I do, and I focus on uh, each season of Lent. And I like the end of that psalm, too, and sustain me with a willing spirit. It's not just joy, but it's a willingness. I think yeah, willingness, yeah. not just in, in Lent in general, because we think about the practices of Lent, which we just described, but also just in the church in general. Think of how many things we do just with drudgery or out of obligation. And uh, you got to think, boy, is that going to draw more people to Jesus or not? Right. <laughs> like, right no. Right, I wouldn't, right. You know, when people are just, you know, moping around and kind of feeling the weight of things they feel responsible for, or if they stop it, it's just going to end. Or, you know, I think this is a great time, um, even though we kind of think of, of Lent as being more of a somber period of, of time that we use. I think it can be a great time to rekindle rekindle that joy, you know, yeah. as God's spirit meets us, it shows us Jesus again, and, and we can just kind of clear away some of the other stuff that distracts us to kind of the basic, you know, to keep the main thing the main thing, which is um, the gift of salvation Jesus gives. Those of you who might be considering to, to use this in, on Ash Wednesday, to the, the typical text that is assigned is from the book of Joel, but we've put in here Micah 6, verses 6 through 8, and again, at the end of this, many of you are going to be familiar with uh, verse 8. He has told you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. So Lent is also a season of time to, to think, what does the Lord require of us? And it's it's not to do some of the things that you would think. It's not to you know, be the best Christian, to pray the most, to read the, the most number of pages in the Bible, or to claim God as your own personal Savior. But what does the Lord require of you to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? Yeah, and again, I think that relates to doing it with a willing spirit. You know, yep. it's not about, um, oh, I didn't do justice today, I'm out. 
you know. Right, right. It's it's a call. It's discipleship. It is about your whole life. It's about a frame of mind. It's about a trajectory. Um, you know, people always joke about Lent being a journey, but there's something to that. You know, there's if you're walking with God and God is walking with you, you know, it is it is about movement and it's about getting to a new place that you're being led to or are shown. And, uh, I, you know, I think in general the church tries to do justice or tries to be a voice of justice. I don't think we do it particularly well most of the time. Um, but there is something to that. You know, if, if God so loved the world, then we need to be about loving the world too. And uh, when people are being mistreated and harmed or exploited, we need to be able to walk with them just in the same way that God walks with us. And there might not be opportunities to do that right away, but I think what Lent can lead us to is an opportunity to think about and discern and ask God where God is leading us and where can we go with our willing spirit and where can we do justice and love kindness and walk humbly? Uh, where can we find that joy? And it might not come to us right away, but if we are intentional about it, we if we pray about it, if we uh, take some time to really discern what God is calling us to do, then then I think we can be led in two ways. And that that's not just a, a season of Lent thing, but it's an entire life. It's a discipleship thing that we can do consistently throughout the year. And this passage from Colossians, I think, lends itself to, to the, the discussion that we're having. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone is a complaint against each other, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Uh, that's that's what we want, right? We want to be closer to Jesus. We're invited into that relationship. I mean, Lent can be a time to rekindle not just our own personal relationships or our relationship to our place of worship, but our relationship with God. Yeah. You know, the the climax of the story comes you know, in Holy Week when you get uh, Jesus's betrayal and death and the resurrection that is coming. So we, we have some movement towards something, too. We're not just walking in the dark here. Uh, but it's it's the love of God that shines through and uh, meets us here in this place. And maybe, I don't know, you want to talk a little bit about ashes, just because that's uh, interesting practice, especially when it always comes up on Ash Wednesday. Why are you going to put something big and brash on your forehead right when it says, don't call attention to yourself? <laughs> right. That practice is always interesting when you when you think of it <laughs> that way, especially you know as more and more churches are doing ashes to go and they do it early in the morning and and I think it's great you know I have not uh, had an opportunity to do that in my ministry yet but um, I think it's a great thing to do but the tradition of ashes is to remember our vulnerability to remember that we come from dust and one day that's where we will return so the the mortality of our life. And I think that's where some of the somberness of the season of Lent um, comes from, is that we, we, we remember how vulnerable we are and how fragile our life is. And, and so when we come to worship or we have ashes to go, uh, we are marked with the sign of the cross, which uh, reminds us it's, it's also a baptismal promise um, with a sign of the cross that we are marked with that. 
um, and we are marked with the ashes. And typically, um, they are from the ashes from Palm Sunday from the year before. I know that I uh, do this and you do too, Jeff. We, we take some of the palms from Palm Sunday from the year before, we burn them, uh, and we use those ashes uh, from the celebration from Palm Sunday to uh, the ashes on Ash Wednesday the next year. So there's another podcast that I listened to. I think you um, listened to it as well. But they were they were talking about um, the fact that Ash Wednesday lands on Valentine's Day this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were talking about well, it w- it wasn't done with all seriousness. It was it was a a conversation. They were just fleshing it out a little bit, kind of like how you and I do. Um, but they were talking about. I wonder if you did the cross or, or did the ashes in the form of a heart instead of of in the form of a cross and where they came down, you know, they kind of explored it a little bit, you know, just kind of as a brainstorm, not as a plan, you know, but when they came to it, it said, no, the, the cross is really important because it's not love in general. It's love in particular. Oh yeah. And my own reflection on the ashes is it's not you saying, look at how good of a Christian I am. I went to church on Ash Wednesday. It really is declaring it's not about me. Uh, you know, life moves on even after I'm gone. And yet in the midst of that, we're marked with the cross that claims us forever with a love that's far greater than we could ever gain for ourselves. So I think Ash Wednesday is a very powerful day and has potential for that. Um, some of these passages are familiar. The Matthew 6 and Psalm 51 are traditional Ash Wednesday texts, although the Matthew 6 is abbreviated since we're splitting it up over the course of the whole season. But I, I like to change the text on Ash Wednesday. I don't know if you've done that in the past, Joe, but I, I do it a lot on these kind of given days where they tend to be set. I like to just think about them from another perspective sometimes so we can live it in the here and now. I think hearing the Micah and the Colossians of, of doing justice but entering and being clothed in love pairs nicely with, with the ashes that are also going to be marked on us. Yes, um, yes. That it, it is about our death that is coming, certainly, but it's about the life that also chooses us. So I think we're going to end it here, unless you have anything else to add, Jeff? Oh, just one other invitation is uh, Joe and I a few weeks ago started a new thing as well called Sunday is Coming. It's basically just about two, three hundred words reflection on the upcoming uh, Sunday texts uh, from the Revised Common Lectionary. I kind of think we'll probably keep that going, even though we're, we're doing something different ourselves. Um, for Lent anyway, and um, we invite you to do that. It's not a, a academic dissertation on uh, the theory of Greek words or anything like that. It's really just kind of an initial first take. We usually write them on Monday morning and post them on Tuesday. Uh, just you hear the gospel for the first time, and what what's your first impression, and what's it remind you of? And we usually end it with a question just to kind of help you start entering into the the thought of the week. Yeah, and I, it's been a good practice for me to really make sure I dig into those texts early in the week and to be able to share those initial thoughts with, with folks. It's it's really been a helpful thing for me, and, and our hope is that it's a helpful thing for you to kind of reflect on those words uh, for the week, and hopefully it'll deepen your experience when you get to church on Sunday. So, yeah, please check that out. We'll have a link to that in our show notes. We'll also have a link to the David Lowe's article that inspired uh, this s- sermon series for the season of Lent. 
And if you want to check us out um, on Facebook Live, either before or after uh, you, you worship on Sunday at your local congregation, uh, you know, please do that. We'll also post those to our YouTube pages, as well as we'll, we'll post it for the season of Lent anyway to our blog, and you can check out what our final thoughts were for Ash Wednesday and then uh, the Sundays in Lent. So thank you very much. This is going to be these these podcast episodes for the next uh, few weeks are going to be uh, a little shorter, so you can really dive into them and uh, then uh, move on with your day. But we thank you for joining us. We have missed you as much as you have missed us and uh, look for the rest of our uh, ser- series sometime next week. Remember that we are the two bald pastors. We help you connect your faith with your life. I'm Joe McGarry. And I'm Jeff Sonobaldo. Have a great day and be blessed. Bye now. They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two bald pastors. Because I'll be honest, a week ago I didn't really know what I was doing for Lent yet. I can't be the only one.